following podcast contains spoilers and words like G, whiz, and gosh damn it. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. It's Billy, and this week I'm joined by an amazing, amazing guest, someone who I've had on the show before. I've been on his great show before. It's Daniel Hendo Henderson from the Movie Journey. How you doing, mate? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing great, Billy. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. You guys have taken a little bit of a break from podcasting at the moment, so really appreciate you taking the time to to do this for me. Yeah, no worries. Well, I'm not doing, I'm not podcasting for myself, so I may as well, you know, join you for a movie. <laughs> and uh, so I got you to pick the movie this this week. I said to you, if we could do anything, what would you do? And you chose. Chasing Amy. Tell me a little bit about that choice. Well, um, I think it sort of spawned, like, it was two things. Uh, We'd done a couple of the Kevin Smith films over on our Patreon for a couple of requests. And I got to the point where I'm like, oh, I'd like to do Chasing Amy. And that sort of just never continued. I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. And then as I was thinking about it, I went and looked your letterbox up and sure it is it's one of your favorite films i'm like oh well i mean you know i'd rather talk to you about a film that we both like than you know vice versa or you <laughs> yeah, know one that yeah. we like and one that you hate and so yeah it's appropriate that uh we pick this film and it's a film that i've seen like god at least 15 times probably yeah yeah you and i seem to have yeah. pretty similar taste in movies overall i know that you are or at least were a kevin smith fan i know that lately kevin smith has been a little bit <laughs> Up and down. Yeah, he's a bit, mostly down. <laughs> yeah. Very curious <laughs> to see what happens with Clerks 3. I'm very interested yeah. for that. <laughs> well, I only watched Clerks 2 for the first time last year. And yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, it's it's a perfectly fine film. So, I've got, I've got some decent expectations for Clerks 3. Yeah. I remember loving Clerks 2 when it first came out. And I was already a mad Smith head. Uh, yeah. And I rewatched it only a couple of months ago, and it does hold up, but it's not as good as I remembered it being. So yeah, I remember when I basically first heard of this Kevin Smith fellow. Like I was, I think it might have been like two thousand and two when I was uh, strolling through my my Kmart down here, <laughs> and just I was at a point where I was just buying every single DVD I could. Like I just wanted to hoard DVDs. Yeah, and I saw this movie that I had no idea what it was, and it had had Ben Affleck on the front and and uh, Will Ferrell. And these two blokes in the front, and it was called Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? Like, <laughs> I mean, but it's got like a, a good cast on the front. So I, I, I just bought it. Why not? Watched it and was just, you know, I was a teenager and I, I love that fucking movie. Like it was just yeah. like, nonstop laughs. And I'm like, okay, this is a great movie. But there were some jokes or some things that they were talking about. I'm just yeah. like, well, I, don't, I don't understand that. Like, what are they talking about? So I started watching some of the special features and the making of documentary on there. And sure enough, he starts talking about this is the fifth film he's done with Jay and Silent Bob and he starts rattling off these other films. I'm like, oh my God, I need to find these films immediately. <laughs> I was a little bit the same. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was the first one of his that I saw as well, which is so strange because that movie is basically one giant in-joke. Like, you would, exactly. you would think that if you hadn't seen the others, the film wouldn't work. And yet somehow it's so funny that it, it just it yep. lands even without that. <laughs> 100%. I'm like, why is Jason Lee in this movie twice as two different people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, a little bit like you, I came to Chasing Amy really late. I caught this film on late night TV over at a mate's place. I reckon it would have been 2003, 2004. And... The majority of the film doesn't have Jane Silent Bob in it until the end. So mm. I did not realize that this was the same filmmaker. I didn't realize this was a Kevin Smith film. But yeah. I was just enraptured. I remember I, this was when I was really in the phase where I was starting to get into thinking about the future and what I wanted to do. And, and it's funny. 
this film really was the first film I saw that made me think, hey, I could make a movie. Like I could yeah. I could write something. And I got I think this is his funniest film for me. Like I think that there's so many jokes that land. Uh, I I'm not disagreeing too heavily, but I but my favorite film of his is Clerks. I yeah. think that is just a, a, a ten out of ten amazing film. Yeah, absolutely wonderful film. That that was my first favorite of his, and as I've gotten older, this has become my favorite, I think. I still I've got like I remember ordering special from Canada because you couldn't get it here, the twentieth anniversary. Anniversary yeah. of Clerks that has like both versions on it and yeah of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well let's get straight into it then so Chasing Amy is a 1997 American romantic comedy drama film written and directed by as we said Kevin Smith it stars Ben Affleck Joey Lauren Adams and Jason Lee and Hendo what is it about mate okay well you got uh, these two best mates uh, Ben Affleck plays Holden McNeil he's a, a comic book drawer and Jason Lee is Banky Edwards he's a tracer. And he, they essentially are living together in New Jersey, I think it is. And I guess Holden starts to fall in love with Melissa, uh, played by Joey Lauren Adams. Gets very heavily into her until he finds out that she's actually a lesbian. And from then, it gets much, much more complicated, <laughs> much more deep. Uh, the relationships between all three of these characters get skewed all over the joint. It's uh, it's quite a watch. Sure is. All right. Yeah. So let's start on the cast then. Um, yeah. This was same year from memory that Goodwill Hunting came out. Um, we'd seen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. We'd yep. seen Affleck work with uh, Smith previously in Mole Rats, And obviously there's mm-hmm. the ever enduring rumor that Kevin Smith was the one who actually wrote Goodwill Hunting which is so not true. <laughs> like no, of course it's not. Absolutely not true in any way. <laughs> um, but this may be for me one of the first times I saw Ben Affleck in a film. I think he's fantastic in this film even with that disgusting little goatee. He's oh. he's really endearing somehow. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think he is really really good in this role. Like he just plays that that every man, that 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 regular bloke mm. who's just trying to get through life, he's you know he's got a relationship problem here, and he's trying to sort it out. He's not he's not over the top. He's he's the the you know the straight man in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's the straight man both to Joey Lauren Adams' gay girl and mm-hmm. to um, Jason Lee's, I guess, wilder kind of unstraight man in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. Who doesn't love Jason Lee? Even though, let's be honest, Banky is a dick. Like Banky's a dick he, oh, in this movie. Banky is an asshole, but he is so funny. Yeah, like no one can crack a joke and yell at the same time as well as Jason Lee. Yeah, like it is so good. Like from Morrats, uh, where he plays oh, the lead in that film. I've forgotten, I've forgotten his name in that one, but he he times it so well with these jokes with a. And I, I got to give it up to the script as well. Like the script is just sensational, but uh, Jason Lee is just so well with his comedic timing with the script that he has here. Yeah, yeah. I, I even though Clerks was my favorite film, and I think Smith did do a lot of great films in those early years. Like Dogma is another one that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I yep. really think this is his best written film. I think that this- Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah, it's, as I said, I for me, I think it's his funniest. I think, I actually forgot, like, even though I've seen this movie so many times, re-watching it in the last month, I forgot how hysterical moments of the movie are. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it straddles that line really well of being very poignant and having something quite personal to say while still yep. being- very enjoyable to watch. I think it's such a tightly written script. Yeah, it's got that perfect blend of um, emotion and 
deep characters mixed with like just laugh out loud comedy. Yeah, yeah. For me, and I, I agree. Yeah, like Kevin Smith. This this is his like best written, most personal film by far. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's when he was at his peak of kind of discovering who he was as a writer. You know, like there's still a lot of pop culture references on which Clerks basically is just one giant pop culture reference after another. Yep. There's still a lot of that. But I think this is this is the first film where I felt he really had something to say. You know, he felt he had a story to tell rather than just, hey, I'm just going to make a movie because, you know, why not? Yeah. And you talk about pop culture references. And I think that with Rats, his second film, I think he just took that a bit too far. And I just, for me, Rats, I don't really enjoy that film too much. I just think it is just a bit too over the top and there's nothing really there. I think it's just this sort of idiot gag after idiot gag with that movie. And I think he sort of realized based off the, you know, disappointment of the financial box office for that film that he's gone into something a lot definitely a lot more low budget and um yeah much more personal to him yeah it's funny actually that Mulrats being his first studio film um it's funny that that is as you say kind of the most silly of the bunch you know it, it yeah. is his film that is kind of his definitely his least personal and i know that the the kind of the famous Jaws scene from this this film where uh, they're comparing battle scars of sex mm. was originally written for Mole Rats and had to be removed because of the studio so yeah. yeah it is interesting that he did go straight from that back into well i'm an indie filmmaker and this is what i do i'm just going to write what i want to write and make what i want to make and I do yeah, think exactly. that that's why this is so good. So let's talk a little bit about the the premise of the film and, and the story. When this yeah. film first came out, it was really kind of lauded and critically acclaimed and, and seen as quite progressive. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of years, there's been a real spin of that narrative to yeah. the idea that this lesbian would turn straight for Ben Affleck and how that's, you know, kind of bad representation and stuff. Now, you and I are two straight guys so yeah you know us talking about it is as fraught with danger as the idea of smith a straight guy <laughs> making the film but like where do you kind of see that narrative so i've always been under the impression that during the scene where they're laying down together just having a conversation and he asks why me she to my understanding she reveals that she wasn't like a lesbian she was yes. just looking for anyone yeah my my read is that she's very clearly bisexual and that's yeah. all but said in the film because and, and i think that that's pretty easily understandable i mean bisexual wasn't a very widely used term in the 90s yeah uh and also you know she is in a lot of ways a kind of private person and if she doesn't want to get into you know explaining well i'm a bi if she would rather just you know, identify herself as a lesbian, even though she's clearly bisexual. I don't know. I st- I still see the film as very progressive, especially when you look at it through the lens of being, you know, nearly a 25-year-old film at this point. Yeah. And I guess with some of the comments that Banky says throughout the film, you could sort of, you know, tip your eyebrow to that. Like uh, when he does the crossroads, when he's talking about, you know, which ones don't really exist in the real world. And that's definitely an issue, but it comes from a character who really has no idea what he's talking about. You're not supposed to yeah. side with this guy it's like you're full of shit you 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 are so off base it is unbelievable exactly exactly yeah. and to me the, the film isn't i mean that's not the story to me this isn't a film about a lesbian turning straight for a man or anything yeah. this is a this is a story about in some ways i guess toxic masculinity before that was even really a phrase and about mm-hmm. 
it's about, you know, and I'm sure that you've had this before too when you're in a relationship and you feel like, what am I bringing to the table here? Like I'm I'm clearly just completely inadequate. And, and I think that Smith represents that really well in this film, that kind of struggle of knowing that you're being a dick, but like yeah. you just can't help it because it's inbuilt in you. Yeah, when you have Holden who has is really just hasn't really gone out and done anything in the world. He's just, you know, basically written, drawn comics his whole life and he's basically had no experiences or no adventures out there. And then he, once he finds out that Alyssa has just gone and done, you know, whatever she's done, yeah. like in a basically a previous life and he just can't handle that. And he's, and again, you talk about toxic, toxic masculinity, like him as the, I guess the male can't have the fact that she's done all this stuff and he has done nothing. So that's when he, you know, approaches her with this, you know, outrageous idea that, you know, of course she's going to snap at him. And when she t- when she explains to him, like, why she won't do it, it's like, it just sums everything up perfect. And his realization on his face when, you know, she's leaving him. Yeah. It's uh, it's just this this huge turn for him. Like, it's, it's, it's this snap in his life that he, you know, he needs to sort his shit out. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you, it was very- um prudent you're bringing up the comic books there because it's not even just the sex stuff he doesn't even like the stuff that he's writing and there she is writing the kind of books that he wants to write and you know living the kind of life that he wants to live and and just all of it i think is too much for him to accept that he's kind of shit compared to her in his eyes and like when she says why don't you go and write something like this he's like i'll write something when i have something personal to say and he just doesn't have anything at at that point yeah and this is exactly the thing he needs yeah let's talk about the cinematography and the direction for a bit because smith is you know he's let's face it he's a writer not a director (laughs) i think everybody everybody knows that really um I really like the look of this film, but I'm a very simple man. Where where are you on the, oh, the overall look? I I agree. This this just feels very indies '90s to me. Like it's it's very just uh, block shots. Uh, not not too much movement. It's just here's the scene. We're going to shoot it, and we're going to go back and forth between you know you know you know two shot between you two. Yeah, and it's just going to be about the writing. It's going to be about the discussion. Yeah. And yet, yeah. yeah, I agree. And yet somehow there's something so kind of beautiful about the simplicity of it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I used to have a poster on my wall just of the shot of Holden and Banky sitting on the couch together playing video games. And there's yeah. something so symmetrical and the set design is really lovely. And I just, I do feel like even though it's quite simple, it, it all serves the story and the purpose really well yeah. for me. It doesn't need that, like the set doesn't need to be outlandish because these guys, well, Holden in particular, are not outlandish. Yeah. They are just, he's just a, a regular bloke, basically. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have too many negative things to say about this film at all, basically. But one thing that has always bothered me is the poster for this movie oh. has <laughs> Ben Affleck clean shaven and he's never clean shaven in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I've always known is that that final scene. When he when he sees Alyssa again, he is supposed to be clean shaven then, which would have been perfect. Like right. it's a year later, he's he's like grown up, he's got rid of the dingy old goatee, and they never did it. Like I think they had um either scheduling issues or something where he like he couldn't shave it off, so they had to just film it the way he was. Wow, that's interesting because from memory, she looks quite different. Her hair is very styled yeah. and curled and. It's interesting then that they wouldn't have taken the time just to quickly run a razor over his face. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was because they had to film some other scenes or some reshoots and they couldn't have him shave it off because he wouldn't have it for the other scenes. 
Maybe something like that. Yeah. But it would have been like just that little extra touch would have been really good. And it's it's funny too. The poster for this movie is absolutely terrible. It does not oh, sell the vibe of the film at all. And this is one of the like I don't know. I feel like increasingly throughout the nineties we got a series of movies that were really hard to identify. You know, like you look at any movies from Charlie Kaufman, like being John Malkovich and adaptation. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was working at the video store and they'd all just be thrown in the comedy section because it's like, well, where else do we put it? Like <laughs> and I don't know, it's tough with this one. Like if you look at all of the individual elements of it, yeah, it's really funny. Yes, there's a heavy yeah. romance element to it. And yet I would not define this as a romantic comedy because I think that no. I just think that that has the wrong connotations. People come in expecting something much lighter than it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, it's it's a very heavy, like, drama comedy in the end. Yeah. Yeah, dramedy, yeah. I guess, is the right word for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible poster. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't stand it, honestly. The, the, big, the big head of Joey Lauren Adams. And then you got Jane Silent Bob on the front, too. They're like, they're in it for five minutes, yeah. right? Like, well, that's just a massive selling point at that point. Like, hey, it's another Jane Silent Bob movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I've always found really interesting about the film is the soundtrack. It's got- Oh, this, I love the soundtrack. Me too. This film. And you yeah. wouldn't think it would work from the moment it starts. And there's almost those kind of tribal drums and, and kind of it's yep. very- It's a cappella, but it's not a cappella because there's plenty of instruments. There's something really strange about it that you wouldn't think works. It's really great. <laughs> That, yeah, that little chasing Amy theme. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It always, it always gives me a little goosebumps when you watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And yes. <laughs> ben Affleck opens the door and that music plays. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not um, like there's not a huge amount of, of needle drops in the film, but I love the use of songs that are there. California by Liz Fair is one of my favorites. Uh, Jumpstart by The Hang Ups. Just really. Yeah. And they set the time and place, but they're not so 90s that you watch it now and you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like it, you can feel it there, but it's not it's not so yeah, in your face. Like, hey, we're in the 90s. Yeah. 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 There is one scene in the film that I think drags a little. Okay. Joey Lauren Adams sings a complete song <laughs> in a bar, like okay. a whole song. And by the end of the song, you're a little bit like, I don't know if I needed the entire song. <laughs> I think it holds up compared, like, uh, I think it holds up considering that you have Holden dancing away to it right next to Banky. <laughs> when Banky's just looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He's so over this. And and he's getting so into it. Like he's got his hand on his chest and he's he's really getting all sensual here. And then when he finds out what, what the real go is, like he he's applauding. Like he's so happy and clapping so loud when she finishes her song. And then when they when he finds out that she's got a, another person there, yeah. the change, the change <laughs> and you get to Banky who just starts clapping away, yeah. loving it. Yeah. Oh, and then you, was, you do I get love that, that great change. payoff of, and that's what I call a shared moment. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That, that, that is <laughs> no, that was fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, I, I personally love Joey Lauren Adams' voice. I know a lot of people find it a bit chipmunky and annoying. I don't get yeah. that. But I do I think, think the okay. decision like to it, do it, an it, entire it, I, song I, is a bit strange. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I can agree. Yeah, it does. Maybe maybe cut, you know, a chorus or two out of there and you, you might be right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about Jay and Silent Bob in this film for their one big, big, big scene? Like, it's a, it's a big turning point, uh, the Silent Bob speech to Holden. Yeah, I love it. And, yeah. you know, show, like showing just how much of a nerd I am here, not only did I have a poster of, of the shot of them on the couch, I had this this door hanging, kind of really narrow, probably about 50 centimetres wide, but about two metres tall to kind of hang on a door. Yeah. 
and it's this comic style illustration of of Jay and Silent Bob sitting in the diner with a speech bubble, which has his entire monologue. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's so <laughs> great. I still have it. It's not hanging up at the moment, but I just. I love that piece so much. Yeah. And and this, you know, this was when he was really strictly setting to the, you know, Silent Bob says he talks once and he talks well, you know. Yeah. I still I know that it's so simple, but I still always love clerks, you know. There's a lot of fine-looking women in this world, but they won't all bring you a lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat yeah. on you. <laughs> like so simple. <laughs> With more rats, doesn't he say like one thing about like Star Wars? Just uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one line. Uh, Excitement, yeah. adventure, a Jedi craves not these things. I think yeah. that's what he says. Or maybe it's do or do not. There is no try. It's it's uh, yeah. He, no, he says that. He says that in this. Uh, and, yes. and Jay like like knock that shit off. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, here's a little question for you. Can, can you name the three words that he says in Dogma? Oh, jeez. Now you stretch my mind. It's funny. Dogma is probably <laughs> the one I've seen the least, even though it's it's one of the best ones. Um, yep. Is it about John Hughes? Is it to do with Shermer, Illinois? Nah. Nah, Jay. Nah, he speaks twice during the film. Oh, tickets. Uh, one is tickets, he, please. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, nah, he says no ticket when he throws uh, That's it. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon off the train. Yep. And then at the end, when Chris Rock says, if you clean up your language, I might just be able to get you into heaven, he just goes, thanks. <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I actually love that whole speech there. And what do you think of- the titling of the film, just calling it Chasing Amy when that is so kind of tangentially related and you kind of don't even really know what that means until the final 15 minutes of the film. It definitely adds a lot more weight to the Silent Bob speech. Like he starts it off with saying that and, and you know, if you're watching it for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, finally, this is what we're talking about. And it makes you more invested in what he's saying. Like this actually means something. It's the name of the damn movie. So. Yeah. And it really just sets up, yeah, Holden thinking about what he's going to do next and, and it starts him on that path of, basically going down the wrong way, which will eventually bring him back up to going the right way. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, I think it adds a lot of weight to it. And you're right, because there's not even a character named Amy in the film. <laughs> so, no. you reach that point. And when when he says those words, as his very opening words, the first thing he says, you're chasing Amy. And they all kind of look up at him. You as an audience member kind of lean in as well, because you're like- Oh, here yeah. we go. What's he saying? <laughs> yeah, even even Ben Affleck is just like he's so shocked. Like, what did you say? Like, yeah. he's so shocked. Like, he's it's the first time he's heard him speak. And Jay's just like, he does this all the time. Like, he doesn't even give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. when you watch closely. Is Jay just he's eating sugar just off a spoon? Yeah, yeah, spoonfuls of sugar. <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> And it's one of those things where you're like, I wonder if he was directed to do that, or if he was just like completely stoned and forgot they were filming. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I have a bunch of trivia here. One of those bits was, according to Kevin Smith, that he, uh, Jason Mewes was high on cocaine that entire, that entire yeah. shot. So could have been legit that he was just shoveling down sugar. <laughs> oh man, it's not surprising. It's like apparently when he first read the script for for Clerks, and he was like, yeah. Snoochie Boochies, like who the fuck talks like that? Yeah. And he's like, you do, like you yeah, literally right. talk. Exactly. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hit me with some trivia then? Sure, I can do that. Uh, did you know that Kevin Smith wrote the script with, based off his experiences with his then girlfriend, Joey Lauren Adams? I did know that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a, lot of, a couple of these are according to Kevin Smith, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And th- that's where I think it's really clear that, you know- the kind of the idea of her being a lesbian or bisexual is not 
it's not honestly all that relevant. The point is more about how he's feeling about their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think overall, like he is this, you know, sort of shy, inexperienced guy when it comes to things like that. And I'm guess, yeah, I guess like she's had, you know, she probably has a bit more experience or she's done some things and he's just not up to that speed. And he's just, he, you know, he somewhat couldn't handle it. Uh, apparently, according to Kevin Smith, the film was reportedly two votes away from an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Screenplay. I have heard that, and yeah. I'm very curious to know if that's true. I know that it won or was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award, so it won yeah. Best Screenplay and Best Supporting Actor for Jason Lee. Um, yeah. And the Spirit Awards have always kind of been seen as the, the better Oscars, the more serious Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 97, this would have been- was this the Titanic year? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it would have been. So, it wouldn't have yeah. won a thing anyway. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> and then the year after this, of course, was the whole Shakespeare in Love fiasco. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah, so I, I can see a little bit of uh, credence to his claim there. Yeah, yeah, I uh, believe it. What have I got? Uh, apparently, this is Quentin Tarantino's favourite film of 1997. Right. I'd believe that. I know that QT and is a big fan of Smith. So, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think Jackie Brown was out at that point, so he couldn't say it was his film. Uh, let's see. The actress who played the the lesbian that hooks up with Alyssa at the start when Holden realizes that she's, in fact, gay is Jason Lee's wife. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, callbacks and references to the previous two films in this film as well, where they're mentioning- you know, different things that yep. happened during Julie Clerks Dwyer and in the YMCA pool. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> the best, the best one I think is uh, when they're out the front of the hockey game when he, she's just explained what's happened, like you know, all the revelations and that. She mentions at one point that she left prom early to go have sex with uh, her date and Gwen Turner. Yep, and Gwen Turner is a character in More Rats played by uh, Joey Lauren Adams. Right. Oh, wow. How did I miss that one? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Uh, I've got a big one here. This, uh, this is the last one I've got here. So, when Kevin Smith pitched the idea to Miramax, he had also said that he'd written the past specifically for his mates, Ben Affleck, Jason Lee, and Jory Lauren, Jory Lauren Adams in mind. Yep. Uh, but Miramax actually wanted to cast people who had already had celebrity status, and they actually had suggested John Stewart, David Schwimmer, and Drew Barrymore in the lead roles. Wow. Okay, wait. So- so Schwimmer would have been Jason Lee or Ben Affleck? I'd say so. Nah, I'd say he would have been Jason. Wow. Lee. I mean, I've been on a yeah. mad Friends binge lately, and Schwimmer <laughs> is surprisingly good, but I cannot see him in that role. Nah, just it, it wouldn't fit that at all. No. But apparently, the uh, the original budget for this film, if Miramax were going to uh, run with it, was three million dollars. If they took, if Smith agreed to have those three actors in the roles. But in the end, he said, I don't want that. I want my three friends here yep. uh, and, and suggested that perhaps if I make the movie for a smaller amount and you guys can just uh, buy it and distribute, distribute it later on, yeah. like what they did with uh, Clerks, and that would be better. And so, they agreed to that and they ended up making the film for $250,000. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Compared to the $6 million of Morat. Yeah. Yeah. And compared to the 28000 of Clerks. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Budgets is always such a... F- a weird thing to me, you know, because 250000 like, yeah, it's a lot less than a lot of movies, but it's also, mm. I don't know, you think about that figure as a dollar amount and it's like, wow, th- I don't know if this movie looks $250,000 worth. <laughs> well, it ended up making, I think it, I think I looked it up and made $12 million in the end. See, that's so, and that's that's a good turnaround yeah. for, especially yeah, exactly. for an indie movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So, you and I obviously both love this film. How are you- sc- Oh, not the shit film I hate. <laughs> <laughs> How are you scoring this, mate? Uh, I give this a nine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah. I'm also yeah. a nine. It's very hard for me. And I think 15-year-old me would have easily given this a 10. <laughs> I think I think me too. I think I had given it a 10 way back in the day. And then upon, you know, reassessing when I grew up, grew up a bit. And I'm like, okay, it's probably a nine. Yeah. I think that, that, yeah. And even now, it's hard for- Like, I pro- if you ask me why it's a nine and not a 10, I probably couldn't explain it because- I just can't do that, but I, I think yeah. I've just seen more movies at this point. <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. I mean, what ultimately, what is the like? There's the, the difference between a nine and a ten is like nothing. So there's you don't even really need a reason. It's like who cares? It's a nine. It's a fantastic yeah, movie. It's an excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent yeah. movie for me. Yeah. Uh, it is my favorite Smith film. So yours is still Clerks, though. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. You and I should talk Clerks yeah. at some point. We should we should make that oh, happen. I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always down to talk Clerks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been fantastic. Can you tell everybody, I'm sure that everybody at this point knows where to find you, but tell them, and you've been doing a lot of video stuff lately too, which has been totally awesome. So give that a bit of a spruik. Yeah. So obviously the Movie Journey podcast, we're just on a temporary hiatus at the moment until we you know, get out of these uh, dreaded lockdowns that are going on here at the moment. But we are... We have started up the YouTube channel where we are sort of moving into video and movie reactions. And I got to tell you, you know, sitting down and watching a movie with Dean and reacting to a you know, two-hour movie has just been nothing but fun. I'll tell you that. Oh, there's so much and, uh, fun. You guys have been right into the James Bond stuff at the moment, which is just yeah. because I know that you're such a Bond nut and Dean yeah. is a little bit more like me. Like I, I, I haven't seen most of them. So seeing him watch them for the first time and his reaction to them is so much fun. The good thing with Dean is he could have watched a movie and then a week later, it's his first time watching it. He just cannot remember a single thing about like 95% of the movies he watches so when i say to him like oh have you watched you know tomorrow never dies he's like yeah i might, I might have watched it like 15 years ago but like i literally know nothing about it. i'm like perfect perfect <laughs> yeah awesome awesome well yeah i highly recommend everyone go check them out i've been listening for years since you guys started and it's just yeah. absolutely wonderful so thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me man not a problem be diesel anytime mate no worries all right next week we've got a new release dropping which is the first time in a while in lockdown here haven't been getting to cinemas but we've got a new release on netflix uh the new remake of the guilty are you looking forward to that have you seen the original i've seen the original the um was this danish yeah, version, yeah. i think it was yeah I, I thought it was fine uh I've heard good things about this one, though, so I'm pretty keen for it. Yeah, I really liked the original, but strangely, the ending let it down for me. It ended how you would expect a Hollywood remake to end rather than a Danish film, which sounds weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm curious to see this one. Uh, yeah, we good. All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. There's heaps of bonus content there. In fact, I'm about to record a sneaky little episode on speed. I'll catch you next week. See you guys. You're still here? The the show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watched a Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash thing. Go watch a movie.